This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like you yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now, he gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan as we broadcast live from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios. For all of your plumbing needs, go to GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. The franchise, Tim Allen, in for Rami Makhlouf today. He'll be joining us in about 45 minutes. We'll find out what's coming up on his show. Plus, I'm anxious to talk to Tim. In full disclosure, not only about the Bucks, as he'll be hosting our combo postgame show tomorrow night uh, after the Brewers and Bucks games are done here on The Fan. I want to talk to him about both. I want to get his thoughts on the Bucks. I really, really, really want to get his thoughts uh, on the Milwaukee Brewers because the Brewers have been just absolutely rolling and come from behind a fashion multiple times uh, over the weekend. So we'll talk to Tim uh, coming up at about 2.45 as we get ready for the Rami show coming up at 3 o'clock as Tim fills in. Rami will be back uh, tomorrow. Plus, he's on Tim's show. Rami's on the Rami show as a guest at 4.30. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, so stay tuned for that. All right, so earlier on in the uh, Wendy's Big Show, we asked this question. Would you give... Budenholzer and Middleton a pass going forward with a championship. Okay. So taking a little bit different of an angle off of that question, I'm going to go back and ask you a different question concerning them and others, right? Them and others, not just Bucks, not just basketball, but whoever it may be. Who do you need to apologize to in the sports world today? Who do you who have you said bad things about or were wrong about that you're like, you know what? I badmouth that dude quite a bit. Like I, I need to call up Spark and apologize to that dude. Like, man, I I was wrong. I was wrong on Chris Middleton saying he wasn't clutch. I was wrong on Chris Middleton saying he couldn't score big on the road. I was wrong about whatever. Right? Who do you need to apologize to in the sports world? it's easy to spout off at the mouth about everything. A little bit more difficult when you're wrong to say you're wrong. A little bit more difficult to say I'm sorry. 
some people really struggle with admitting when they're wrong. Some people really admit saying the words, I'm sorry. Well, let's see. As a sports fan base, can we muster up enough courage, each one of us, to apologize for something that we were wrong about? There are multiple reasons why I bring this up. One, many of us were clearly wrong uh, about maybe Chris Middleton uh, being big in big situations or being big on the road. Some uh, may not want to apologize for Bootenholzer, uh, to Bootenholzer, but Bootenholzer does deserve credit. You're sitting here two games away from winning the East and going to the NBA Finals, folks. I mean, you may have been wrong about that. That that could be one, too. I can think of some Brewer things where apologies are needed in that aspect as well for the Brewers. For certain. Now, we talk about the Packers. I don't know where apologies go. I have sarcastic apologies, right? My sarcastic apology would be, Aaron Rodgers, I thought you were better than this. I'm sorry. I thought you were better. I mean, that would be a sarcastic apology. That, that wouldn't be the, I truly screwed up and was wrong. That was, eh, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were better, right? But each time that we take a call or a tweet, I wanted to start with, I'm sorry, person's name or organization's name, whatever the case may be, and then go on to explain. Understand that, Sam Schmitz? That's how we're going to do this. I'm sorry is how you start the call or the tweet, and then put in the person's name or the organization's name or whatever you're talking about, the referee's name maybe, maybe some referees in this NBA Maybe you don't owe an apology to who aren't as bad as you thought they were. Whatever the case may be. All right, so let's see how good we are at this. I'm a little nervous that we're not going to get a bunch of people willing to say they were wrong. But there are are a bunch of things we've all been wrong about. Let's be honest. Nobody is perfect. Mike the Painter will leave things off on Sparky's Midday Madness. You can dial it up as well. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us. At 12.50 a.m., the fan. Mike, what are you apologizing for? What, what do you got? I am sorry for calling for Bud's head after game two of the Nets. I thought that he would not get us any further. I thought we were going to get swept after those two games against the Nets. I totally apologize. See, no. He's, 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 he's proof that he's a good coach. He's got us. Got us to the Eastern Conference Finals two of the three years. Two of the top teams in the NBA two of the three years. Uh, I I got to eat my words. So you apologize to Bud. Yep, I apologize to Bud. All right, very good, Mike. Thanks for the call. That was perfectly done. Perfectly done by Mike the Parent. That's all you have to do. I'm sorry to whoever. Sorry to Chris Middleton for being wrong on whatever. I will, I'll say this, that when you talk about sports all the time, every day, you're going to be wrong about a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. You're going to be wrong, wrong a lot. It, a lot of people won't admit when they're wrong, but talk show hosts, when you do this for a living, you're going to be wrong a lot. You'll be right sometimes too, but you're probably going to be wrong more than you're going to be right most times. 
I was worried about Bobby Portis because I, I, I honestly didn't think he was this good offensively. I, I didn't think he would provide as much as he did. I really thought Bobby Portis was going to be that physical guy, stick up for Giannis, do the dirty work underneath, protect, be that enforcer underneath, rebound the basketball, play some solid defense, and that's what he was going to do. Eh, maybe get a basket or two a game, and that was going to be about it. He really has been more effective offensively than I thought he would be when they got him. So I, I, I'm I, sorry to Bobby Bordas because I, I, I really underestimated his offensive game uh, when they picked him up as a free agent. Who 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 are you going to apologize to today in the sports world? 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM The Fan. Adam Southside, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. What's up, Adam? Hello? Hello. Yeah, I'd like to say sorry to the Packers for Devontae Adams. Uh, back in the days, I thought he was uh, no good, dropping all the catches. Now he turns out to be the number one stud we got, and I owe him an apology. Yeah, I I owe him a, I owe Devontae Adams an apology too for the exact same thing, man. I, I I'm with you, Adam. I or Adrian. I I thought he was going to be James Jones. You know, yep. have one big year and then go back to dropping balls left and right and having inconsistent hands and. Instead, he turned into uh, you know the top receiver in the NFL, maybe at this point. Yep. Now, Sparky, what do you think about MVS? Should we be patient with him? Because I feel the same way I thought about Devontae Adams. I yep. feel about MVS right now. It's got that same vibe, too, doesn't it? It's got that same yeah. exact yep. vibe. Now, can he be a superstar, too? I do not know, but it's got that same feeling. And they, I think they will be patient. The problem is, this is the last year of his deal. So, yep. Lazard's last year of his deal. I mean, all these wide receivers are in the last year of their deal, so... They got to figure out what they're going to do going forward. Thanks for the call, Adrian. Uh, did you see the audio? Uh, maybe Sam can grab us the audio here before we get out of here. Derek Carr uh, out today doing an interview on TV lobbying for Devontae Adams to come to the Raiders, saying he will do all he can recruiting-wise to get Devontae Adams to the Raiders when the season is over. He's going to do everything in his power to get his former college teammate to come join him with the Las Vegas Raiders. How weird would it be if Carr got traded to Green Bay and Rodgers ended up in Vegas with Devontae Adams? How weird would that be for Derek Carr uh, after saying all of that today? So who are you apologizing to today? Let's hear your apologies. Start with, I'm sorry, whoever, and go from there. Tom tweets at 1250 AM, the fan, Ram is sorry for bashing Chris Middleton all season. Laughing emojis. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard from Ram. Don't don't know where Ram is. Ram disappeared. Maybe he's out of town. Don't know. Who are you sorry to? Let's go to Dave in Germantown. Let's hear your apology next here on Sparky's Midday Madness, Dave. Hey, Sparky, how's it going? Good. Hey, I have to apologize to Brett Favre for thinking he was going to be the biggest diva ever as a Green Bay Packer quarterback. The new guys got him beat. <laughs> Oh, oh, you set me up. I, I was buying what you were selling. I didn't see the punchline coming. You got me on that one. You got me on that one. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe that's a question someday. Who's a bigger diva, Rodgers uh, or Favre? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know who wins that one. I think they're different in their own ways, Dave, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah but they're, very, they're, they're still pretty similar. Thanks for the call. And the th- funny thing about that whole thing is, is – when Rodgers got in play, it was pretty well known to everybody surrounding Rodgers that he was going to go out of his way not to be like Brett. Like, 
I'm not throwing a bunch of interceptions like Brett. I'm running the plays that are in the playbook. I'm doing all this stuff. I'm going to be the anti-Brett. I'm going to do everything the correct way. Fast forward, does not throw picks. Doesn't necessarily run every play to its truest form necessarily. Kind of runs his own versions of the plays, whatever the case may be. Now is in a situation trying to get out of Green Bay after his future replacement was drafted, similar to what Brett did. He hasn't technically retired and unretired yet, but that could be coming. Very, very similar. Two different people, though, right? Favre's a Southern guy doing his thing. Rodgers uh, out West, TMZ, celebrity dating, all that stuff. So different in that aspect. Very similar to how things have transpired for both quarterbacks uh, while their times uh, in Green Bay, while having their time in Green Bay uh, as a starting quarterback, both with just one ring, five to two Super Bowls, uh, Rodgers to only one. Dave and Brown Deer, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. Who do you want to apologize to, Dave? Well, I'm sorry to Eric Lauer because I went to the game yesterday and that the Milwaukee Brewers went to the game yesterday, thinking, oh. Lauer's pitching. We're going to have a tough one today, and he pitched beautifully. So I'm sorry to Eric Lauer for not giving him credit for throwing a good, uh, good that, game. That's good. I'm not ready to apologize to Eric Lauer, but I, I get where you're coming from, and he did pitch a very good game yesterday uh, against the Colorados. I'm not an Eric Lauer guy myself, uh, but it seems like the NL West he does pretty good against, for whatever the reason. You know, he faces the Padres, the Dodgers, the Rockies. I, I think his numbers are pretty good. Sam Schmitz or I can look it up in the break as far as Lauer's numbers against the NL West in his career. I think they're pretty decent if if memory serves correct. But that was a that was a big time performance from him yesterday to be able to get that sweep, keep the winning streak at five going into this Cubs series. That was a huge outing for the Brewers yesterday. Take care, Dave. Thanks for the call. I'm not a Lauer guy. I'm not. And I'm not ready to apologize for saying I'm wrong on Eric Lauer not being all that good. We'll see. We'll give it time. We'll give him a few more starts if he gets a few more starts and then kind of go there. It, it was very impressive. No question. Pitched very, very well uh, and, and got the job done for the Brewers against uh, the Colorado Rockies. All right. Who are you wanting to apologize to in the sports world? Brewers, Bucks, Packers, could be a national guy. Maybe y'all want to apologize to one of the ESPN folks. Maybe you want to apologize to one of them. Probably not, but maybe you never know. Damani and Wabatosa, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. Who do you want to apologize to, Damani? I want everybody to apologize to me. To you? As, you? as you know, for two years, I've been talking about Chris Middleton. You have. I've been saying he's the closer. He's the one that can create his own shot. Everybody always tell me he need to be traded. So I'm ready for everybody to apologize to me now. Because he, he is a perennial all-star, and he can't create a shot. Let me see if I got this right. I'm asking who are you going to apologize to in the sports world. You called up, not wanting to apologize to anybody in the sports world, but demanding listeners of the fan apologize to you instead. Because I've been right for two years. <laughs> Yes, you have been right. I, I will give you that, Damani. You have been right. Now, are you with Kendrick Perkins that says Giannis is Rodman and Chris Middleton is Batman? Because he said it again. I don't believe that. I believe that on the first quarter to the third quarter it should be Giannis and the fourth should be Chris. That's what I believe should happen. Because I, I, when he says this, I keep thinking to myself, okay, so is there another comparison where maybe a guy's not the closer per se, the, the first thing that comes to mind is Shaq and Kobe or Wade. 
No, Kobe and Wade were the guys at end of games that could go win games, even though maybe Shaq was the Batman of those duos. And this is probably the most comparable, even though Middleton may not be Wade or Kobe Bryant. I, I definitely agree. I think the first L.A. championship, it was all Shaq until the late quarter, it was Kobe. Yes. I agree with that one. Yep, I agree with you. Uh, Damani, thanks for the call. If you want to call up and apologize to, to Damani, that's fine. Go ahead. He's part of the sports world. He calls in a sports talk radio. I'll let you apologize to Damani like he's asking to have apologies given his way. Who do you want to apologize to in the sports world? We haven't heard who Sam Schmitz wants to apologize to. Jeff Orlowski is here as well. He's producing for Tim Allen on Romney's show. We'll see who he wants to apologize to. It won't be Mike McCarthy. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, and I'll tell you who I apologize to besides Bobby Portis, who I already apologized to. All you got to say is, I'm sorry. And person's name or the organization, maybe you're sorry to the Brewers for ripping David Stearns for not knowing what he was doing or ripping Mark Antonasio for not spending enough money as the Brewers sit in first place by three games. Is anybody going to apologize to the Brewers for ripping them for the first couple of months of the season? We'll see. We will see next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, Steve Sparky, Fiverr with you. Sam Schmidt's producing other side of the glass. Dan Plucker with the day off. He'll be back tomorrow. Executive producer extraordinary Mike Conti of the Atlanta Hawks radio network will join us at 1035 tomorrow. Working on Adam McKelvey as well for the big show tomorrow. Gary Ellerson returns tomorrow to the Wendy's big show. Some more Bucks Hawks talk for you coming up tomorrow afternoon. The franchise Tim Allen joins us here in about uh, 25 minutes. So we preview what's coming up on the Rami show. Tim filling in for Rami today. So looking forward to talking to Tim about some Bucks and some Brewers. Doing apologies right now. Who do you owe an apology to in the sports world? Start off your call or your tweet with, I'm sorry, whoever, and then fill it in. Pretty simple, right? Pretty simple. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us. At 12.50 a.m., the fan. How many of you are willing to apologize to Andy Haynes? That's another one. Tom just tweeted at the fan and said, a lot of people should owe Andy Haynes apology, the hitting coach for the Brewers, for absolutely killing him forever this year. Maybe you should apologize to Andy Haynes. I'm telling you, David Stearns, Mark Atanasio, I can go through the list of guys on the Brewers that y'all owe apologies to that you just killed for three months. And now they sit three games up with a chance to get to six games up and they sweep the Cubs here the next three days and are in a sitting pretty position. Sam Schmitz, other side, we haven't heard who he wants to apologize yet. I apologize to Bobby Portis earlier. I got some more coming up too. Uh, Sam, uh, before we get to your apologies and Jeff Orlowski's apologies, who's here as well, uh, you looked up the Eric Lauer splits, who we had an apology for from a listener in the last segment because he pitched much better than expected uh, yesterday against the Rockies. So what are his splits against the NL West? Yeah, not going to lie, it's kind of all over the board. Of Just course it is. keep in mind his career ERA is 4.72, so we'll keep that as the threshold. Okay, good. Against the Diamondbacks, 2.77 ERA and seven starts. Dodgers, 1.89 ERA and eight starts. Padres, 1.5 ERA and one start, which came this year with the Brewers. Uh, Giants, 4.08 ERA in six starts. And then the Rockies, so yesterday was kind of an outlier, 7.3 ERA. Okay, so he gets credit. So he's dominated the West, which I was right on, but not the Rockies. Okay, well, even more credit to him. Uh, That's that's impressive then. That's good. That's very good. But I was right. He he does dominate the West. No question uh, about him dominating the West uh, at this point. All right, so uh, first we'll get to... Uh, Sam Schmitz with his apology here, and then we'll get to Jeff Orlowski. All right, Sam Schmitz, 
Who are you apologizing to? I'm going to go with Willie Adamas on the Brewers. Um, I'm not afraid to eat a little bit of crow when I get a trade reaction wrong because when that trade happened for Willie Adamas, Rami and I were doing the show I was live. listening in the car going to Plymouth, Wisconsin, which is where I'm going after the show today, uh, ironically, to Plymouth Rental, get a rental car. And literally, I'm listening to you and Rami going, I have no idea who Willie Adamas is. I don't know anything about this dude. And then you guys were looking up stats on the air. Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah. And look, I said, you're getting an incrementally better version of Orlando Arcia, which yep. was wrong. And, you know, I did I did, I did, did say you were getting a you know energizer in the clubhouse. But, you know, it's amazing. There are certain things that the numbers can't tell you. And I really think there was something to that him hitting in Tampa Bay that he couldn't see the ball and all I that. I not believe it was that bad i know i didn't buy it it was 299 on the road when they got him like oh come on it can't be that bad and sure enough he's proven it was that bad but man it's like i've seen him now in a couple interviews with like whether it be chris rose here on the big show um and how can you not love this guy just all the energy he brings and stuff like that and i think the reason i was so frustrated with him is that you know i think of all the moves that it took to get to this point you know the arcia trade the urias trade and all that and giving up J.P. Fireisen, who has a .57 ERA this year with the Tampa Bay Rays and all that. Right. I think that's what I was most salty about is that you had a really good thing going in the bullpen. You kind of gave up a big piece. So we'll see. I can't lie. We're like, what, 24-10 and 10 with Adamas ever since we got him? So yep. numbers don't lie. You know, that to me, that is um, the one thing here um, that you just never know when it comes to sports. And that's why so many of us – will be wrong over the course of time. You think you got to beat on a guy. You think you know what he's going to do. And then it goes the exact opposite way of what you think, and you look like a complete idiot because it's very hard to predict. Uh, all right, Jeff Orlowski producing uh, the Rami show coming up today. Tim Allen uh, in hosting that show. Orlowski, uh, who would you like to apologize to? Uh, mine's on Brewer as well. It's uh, Matt Arnold and uh, David Stearns mm. when I saw the uh, – the opening day roster with Vogelbach and Billy McKinney and Daniel Robertson and all that. I was like, who the hell are these guys? And, uh, you know, like you said, three games up in the division could be six. You get your three best pitchers going up against Chicago. So it uh, uh, the sun is shining in Brewerland, and uh, and I look like an idiot. Uh, no, you're not the only one. There's a lot of people that look like idiots. Without question, there's a lot of people that that railroaded those guys, Jeff, along the way for and, and the owner for being too cheap, not spending enough money. They should have added to what they had because of the young starting pitching. Is anybody going to call and apologize to Freddie Peralta? Were you all thinking Freddie Peralta was going to be this good at the beginning of the year as the fifth man in the rotation? Did anybody? Again, I didn't. We came into the year, and one of the wild cards we had, X-Factors, was Freddie Peralta. If Fred, if Council was right that Freddie Peralta finally had to figure it out to be a starting pitcher, oh boy, this team could be so much better. And not only does he have it figured out, he should be an all-star. Yeah, absolutely. He should be an all-star, and he's on the bump tonight uh, for the Cubs against Kyle Hendrick. Let's go to Larry in Oak Creek. You're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you for having me on. You betcha. I have to... I have to apologize to the Milwaukee Brewers and Corbin Burns. I thought they brought in a young pitcher that they could not make a pitcher out of, and I was wrong. Uh, Corbin Burns is outstanding. Well, Corbin Burns was given up pretty much for dead two years ago when he got sent down to the pitching lab and was out of baseball completely at that point, and then to come back and 
pitch at a Cy Young level last year in a shortened season and then come back and do it again this year uh, is simply amazing. Absolutely no question about that whatsoever. Larry, thanks so much for the call. Uh, and again, I'll give you a, a couple more apologies from me. And then if you missed Frank Manning earlier from our Lockdown Bucks, uh, Lockdown Bucks podcast, we'll play that back for you. And then Tim Allen joins us at 245. This segment of Sparky's Midday Madness is sponsored by Hupie and Abraham. Injured? Call Hupie and Abraham. Voted best, rated best, year after year. Hupie and Abraham. Visit Hupie.com today. Sponsor of our Milwaukee Pro Basketball coverage here on the fan. Sparky's Midday Madness here on the fan. See Sparky Fiber with you. Sam Schmidt's producing other side of the glass. Who do you want to apologize in the sports world today? Start it with, I'm sorry. Fill in name, organization, whatever. And then carry on from there. Pretty simple. 414-799-1250. 414-799-1250. Tweet us at 1250 AM. The fan will hear from Frank Madden, the Locked on Bucks podcast. Uh, he joined us earlier on the Wendy's Big Show. Then we'll hear from Tim Allen coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Barry in Brown Deer, you're next on Sparky's Midday Madness. Who would you like to apologize in the sports world today, Barry? Hey, Sparky, I just want to uh, give a nonsense apology to P.J. Tucker for bashing him last week on the show. And uh, last night, at least he had eight rebounds, a couple assists, and I think he scored six points. If he can do that every game, eight, nine rebounds, get the few points, a few assists, I can see him playing. But otherwise, he's doing absolutely nothing in the stat sheet. You need guys that can score. This is a scorer's league. I, I understand what you're saying, uh, but they also need the physicality that he brings on the defensive side of the floor because mainly they don't have anybody. Who are you going to play over him, Pat Connaughton? Well, no, well, yes, Pat, and even Portis. I mean, you can't play. He's not doing anything on offense. You might as well play five on four, and that's 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 uh, that's see, not. It's, it's, basketball. it's interesting, Barry. Thanks for the call. It's interesting that you bring that up. And I guess I disagree. And I, I only disagree from this aspect because of what this looks like right now for the Bucks. Giannis is not physical. Middleton is not physical. Uh, Drew can be physical. Yes. Uh, Brooke Lopez. Mm. Oh, okay. Bobby Portis is physical. Uh, PJ Tucker is physical. Brent Forbes. Uh, no. Uh, Pat Connaughton. Mm. So, I mean, really, you've only got two, three guys that really are that physical style player, all three of which you brought in that were not on last year's roster in the bubble. So that physicality is something that I think you want to have, whether it's, you know, elbow slips here, uh, arm gets flung there, and this maybe gets in the face on accident here, or whatever the case may be. That's kind of what Tucker provides. I agree with you. I don't think Tucker's role in this series is as important as it was in the last series. I agree with you. We should ask one of these guys that cover uh, the Bucks game to game uh, what they think of that analysis. But I agree that it doesn't feel like um, it's as important as it was last series. Now, having said that, if they get Phoenix or the Clippers in the finals, he his role is going to be magnified again. Then it's going to be more looking at him uh, again uh, for that physical style of defense uh, in taking certain guys. Mike in Greenfield, who do you owe an apology to in the sports world, Mike? Coach Bud, can you hear me okay? I hear you just fine and dandy. Okay. Um, yeah, because uh, after that uh, blowout uh, and uh, a couple games there, I was starting to uh, go along with some uh, people saying that uh, he might not be the right coach for the Bucks. 
Well, I think he might not be, um, he may not be the sharpest, but he's actually, you know what, this team is different uh, than a few others, and I, I think he might be the guy, and we'll find out. But uh, I disagree with the last caller. Um, B.J. PJ Tucker is, is uh, if they need him to do offense, he's there, but he's passing the ball, and he's playing tough, aggressive defense, and he, that doesn't always show up in the stat sheet. Well, you, you know that, and that's that's part of it, right? Not everything is going to show up in the stat sheet at the end of the day, Mike. You're absolutely right about that. So, an apology there uh, to Coach Bootenholzer uh, from uh, Mike in Greenfield. I will say uh, that I I owe an apology to Rami Makoff. I do. I owe an apology to Rami Makoff. Sam just lifted his head up to to see what I'm doing. I owe, don't give him more fuel to his fire. I owe an apology to Rami Makhlouf. I do. And the reason I do is because I should have been drinking the Bucks Kool-Aid like he was throughout that net series the way he was drinking it. I couldn't. I couldn't let myself do it. I wasn't going to let myself do it. But I should have. Been a Bucks fan so long, um, and I should have believed the way that Rami Makhlouf believed. So... Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, Rami. I, I should have believed as much as you believed uh, at the end of the day. So there you go. There's an apology to Rami. I don't have to talk to him in 10, 15 minutes, so that's even better. I don't got to worry about uh, that, so that's good, too. Uh, all right, so Frank Madden from Locked on Bucks podcast. Uh, him and uh, Kane Pittman do a great job of that podcast. I had one posted right away last night after the game was done. And good, and you can download that, follow all that stuff and with your Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey Download it. It's free. You can follow Frank Madden on Twitter at FMaddenNBA. Uh, uh, and we talked about uh, the very first thing we brought up with Frank Madden, Leroy Butler, and myself, because Gary was off today, was the question we were asking on the air previous to him coming on. Would you give Booneholzer and Middleton a pass going forward if they won a championship? Well, first off, let's respect Chris Middleton enough to to separate him from Bud in, in this discussion. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll handle, I'll handle oh, Bud first. Um, okay. I think I think if you win I think if you win an NBA championship, you know, he he's got I think one year left on his deal, you extend him fine. Um but I don't think uh you know, if if next season for instance is a disaster or something like that, uh, I mean, I think his his job has to be in in the discussion uh if if things, you know, if, even if you win a title this year and then things go, go a little south next year. So, I think with Bud it's, you know, it would still have to be kind of year to year, but but certainly you win a championship, you've got uh, a much longer leash than than you otherwise would. So I I, I will uh, I'll go ahead and say I, I have no expectation or don't and don't believe the Bucks should fire Mike Budenholzer if they win a championship this year and you know if they want to give him an extra couple of years to to you know run it back and, and see how he does that's fine because I think you know some of the stuff he's done in this series you know again we sometimes feel like he's not proactive enough but I think the last couple of games in particular he's hit the right buttons you know they they finished in very different ways you know the, these last two games Brooke was incredible and really important in game two. And then last night they really closed out the game with the small lineup, right? And they kind of went a different way. So I would say Bud, sure, you know, lengthen the leash. I mean, Chris Middleton, What I mean, if he wins a championship, I mean, what what question, I guess, would there still be about Chris? I mean, you know, he's a player, so it's a little bit different. But, um, you know, what what is this trade that you're going to make that is going to make the Bucks better by, by, you know, shipping Chris Middleton out? That's the part I've never really understood and where I think a lot of the, the criticism of Chris, like, always sort of, 
you know, really trails off, which is, okay, you, you don't think Chris Milton should make X amount of money or, or, or should be the quote-unquote number two, or now some people say he's the number three. Okay, well, what's, what's your move? What's your play? You know, um, and, and I think if he wins a championship, then I'm just not going to want to hear about it ever. But I'm already sort of <laughs> in a bit of that mindset. At least last year, year before, you know, there was, a, a, I think, a bigger body of evidence where, you know, the inconsistency hurt you, especially in the Raptor series. But, um, you know, Chris has been uh, generally great since he signed the big contract. Uh, he's obviously had just some huge performances, including last night in this playoff series. And, you know, I mean, you, if, if you're thinking C.J. McCollum or something like that is the, like, missing link here for the Bucks, uh, I mean, I just go watch other teams and go watch these guys that you think are, are magically going to be, you know, the, the greener grass. So, um, so yeah, Chris Middleton is uh, unassailable if they win a championship in my book, uh, you know, no matter what happens after it. And even if they don't win a championship, I think, you know, he's, he's answered a lot of, uh, a lot of the critics with this postseason run. Frank, hold up. We can't just move on from this. You have Leroy Budenholzer yeah, yeah, fan number one over yeah, here. That, 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 hey, let me ask you. First of all, you spent time with Steve, so now I know where your ideology come from. <laughs> Stop. Because you, you – don't be letting this guy bully you, Frank. I mean, come on, man. Uh, so you mean to tell me if you win a Pulitzer – what that award called? Pulitzer. That, that one, too. Yeah. If you win that award and you still get fired, you okay with that? I, Frank, what's the problem with Bud, with people? I, I just don't get it. Can you drill it down for me? What's the problem with Bud? I think so. I, I think there's kind of the tactical stuff that that people are usually focused on. I think people usually are also there's a tendency to to kind of overly fixate on on certain things and and you know mm-hmm. like yeah, after game one everyone wants to you know never use drop coverage again and then oh wait it actually worked really well in game two and you know and then they can go go away from game three and win that way. I mean I think you know he probably gets too much grief and he's kind of probably put under the microscope a little bit too much. I think some of the, the challenges are some are sometimes put at Bud's feet are, are probably also, you know, player-related things. Like sometimes the way the Bucks don't take advantage of mismatches, I think is somewhat also comes down to sort of mm-hmm. the talent he has, the players he has. But, um, you know, my, part of my thing about Bud, too, is just like I, I think we just see in the NBA, and, you know, I'll defer to you in, uh, on, on football and other sports, but, um, you know, I think sometimes like you just need new, need a new voice, you know, and and I think he just got Bud, here, Frankie. He's only been here three years. No, no, I know. I'm not saying I'm. You know, again, but but I think if 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 they if they had, if they fell flat, for instance, you know, let's say in the in the first round or even the second round of this of this yeah. playoffs, um, you know, you're not there. There is no. I mean, again, there is no magical move that the Bucks could make. I think roster wise to change mm-hmm. their top three. I mean, those guys I think are locked in. And so what are you going to do? Well, the, the easiest thing you can do, the biggest lever you can pull is try to find a different coach. And, you know, when Rick Carlisle was available, I would, that's a, that's a, you know, a very interesting and, you know, safer lever to pull than right now. Am where I, I talking don't think to Sparky? Yeah, Frank, guy. Frank, you got to get away from Sparky, man. You got to think, <laughs> on, you sound just like this guy, man. I'm, I'm ready. To, fair enough. That's what Steve told that's me. That's what right. I would say. Yeah, fair, fair enough. enough. Let's right. move on. Well, <laughs> this game to me was amazing, Frank, but they got down 15 early, got a timeout. They went back, they reassessed everything. Bobby Portis, how important has he been? Cause we've been wanting him to play back in the Brooklyn series and he just didn't play. But Giannis say, this is your series coming up. So how big of a role has he been playing for the Bucks? Yeah. I mean, I, 
it's been fun, you know, seeing, seeing what Bobby's done all year. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think the, the Nets weren't a good matchup for him specifically, I think, in a lot of ways because, you know, <laughs> they were going to basically hunt guys with Kevin Durant, you know, no matter what. But this series, I think, is, is different just because, yes, you know, Trey can, can obviously take advantage of mismatches and, you know, they try to get bigs on him and, and he can dance and try to get in the lane. But, um, you know, I think the fact that they – especially last night we saw it. Brooke and Bobby blew one coverage that Trey got an open three on. But for the most part, you know, Bobby, Bobby's one of those guys, like you don't want him just dropping and trying to block shots at the rim. That's not what he's good at. But I think going to sort of this just switching type approach with Bobby, again, is he perfect? Is he honest? No. Um, but can he move his feet well enough? You know, can he keep guys in front of him well enough that you know, he forces guys into settling for jump shots? I think he can do that, especially when he doesn't have to be out there on an island for very long. And so I think, you know, he's, he held up well enough defensively. And then, um, you know, he had active hands. I think we saw that early in the playoffs, too. You know, he's he's been able to kind of get strips, you know, get rebounds, um, mm-hmm. do some of the little things that, that sort of allow him to survive defensively. And then offensively, and he's interesting because he, he's able to play really under control. He, he actually is able to take advantage of mismatches at times. He's got that little, you know, short little hook shot, push shot. Yep. And, you know, with what's interesting, because, I mean, I'm a big Brooke Lopez fan. I think Brooke's a guy that, you know, is kind of perpetually, you know, along with Middleton, among the kind of best Bucks players, probably the guy who, like, you know, over the course of the last year has, has been, you know, run out of town uh, mm-hmm. hypothetically more than maybe anybody else. So I always want to defend Brooke. But one thing about Bobby, you know, Brooke tends to kind of fade from view for long stretches offensively unless he's shooting threes. I think with Bobby, give him credit because he finds ways to to get the ball you know even when they're not obviously just going to try to run a ton of post-ups for Bobby Portis but he gets in positions where you know he can take advantage of mismatches use his touch around the basket use those short little hook shots you know get in spot crash the boards be active you know from the dunker spot and you know be an impact player offensively even when he's not playing a lot of minutes and you know I think that's exactly what we saw tonight we saw it to an extent in uh, the Friday game as well uh, that that he's just you know his energy and and you know he, what he, whatever he was saying uh, after the game right like he he just brings that gas and uh, you know sometimes again he may have some some slip ups defensively and you know if you're comparing him to Giannis obviously he's not that kind of defender but uh, you know I think he does he he did enough defensively in the last couple of games and then offensively you know we've just seen him really be able to punish the Hawks when uh, when they they don't bring kind of extra bodies at him and you know doing the things that we saw him do all year which has been a lot of fun because you just never know how some of these guys are going to translate in the playoffs and it was really been really fun obviously to see Bobby do do what we know Bobby can do he is Frank Madden check out the Locked On Bucks podcast on that Odyssey app A-U-D-A-C-Y follow him on Twitter at F Madden NBA he is the best him and Kate Pittman do a great job in that Locked On Bucks podcast had one up right away last night after the game was done, so it's fresh and ready for you to go download and listen to. Frank, thanks so much. Thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy the rest of the series. There he is, Frank Madden from earlier today on the Wendy's Big Show. More apologies coming in uh, from you to different people in the sports world. Uh, Jeremy tweets at 1250 AM, the fan, and at Sparky Radio. I'm sorry, Chris Middleton. I didn't like when you were extended for the price you were, but yesterday you proved you were worth every penny that is from Jeremy tweeting at 1250 a.m. The fan. Another one here from uh, Brian, uh, who tweets at 1250 a.m. The fan. I need to apologize to Eric Bledsoe for saying that Drew Holiday is way better than him. Drew is just a little better. Uh, that is from Brian. So again, you know, sarc- some sarcastic tweets and so forth. Uh, Andrew Wagner, uh, who uh, is a former uh, employee here at the radio station, he used to be our our Brewers insider years ago, and now writes. Uh, for Forbes and so forth, uh, he uh, quote tweeted, 
the tweet that we put out on the 1250 uh, site. You know, who do you need to apologize to in the sports world? And uh, Andrew Widener said, will Bart apologize to society for being the way he is? I'm not sure if any of you follow Bart on Twitter, um, but after Bucks games, highly entertaining. Not as much Friday night because he had a host post game show. But would you say, Sam, probably uh, probably a more entertaining follow on Twitter after a Bucks game or during a Bucks game is Bart Winkler at this point? Absolutely, but I'm starting to get concerned that he might get arrested in the future if he keeps us up. Uh, it's crossed my mind. It has. I think he'll be okay. Hopefully, if he does get arrested, it's not while I'm off next week. Hopefully, that's that doesn't happen because he's my backup. Know. So when I'm not here, he's kind of has to run everything. Well, you think about it too, and you know, the deeper they go in this playoff run, the, the crazier more... he's going to get. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh... I'm concerned. Yeah, I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm about to have my fill of the shirtless picks, though. I mean, the shirtless pick of him and Evan to promote the show Friday night. I'm not sure if that brought yeah. listeners or scared listeners away from the fan. I think you need. we need to censor that before they post it. Come, we all, come on, man. I mean, there was no need for that. No. I mean, some people were eating probably when they saw that or having yeah, something I was, to drink and probably spit it out. I was down in the Deer District. I was at Loaded Slate. Yeah. My, I was with my family. We had a table, and I'm just scrolling through Twitter, and that pops up. And everybody's just like, oh, what is that? No longer hungry. No longer hungry. Just ruined a perfectly good meal they did. Uh, all right. The franchise, Tim Allen, comes up next. Uh, we'll look ahead to the Rami show as he's in for Rami today. Uh, some Bucks talk. Obviously, he'll be hosting uh, the combo postgame show tomorrow night. Brewers and Bucks here on the fan. But I really have Brewers things I want to talk about because I'm all fired up to talk Brewers. And we talked pretty much all Bucks except for the last half hour of the show. Uh, during the Wendy's Big Show. So I'm going to get my brewer fix on with Tim Allen coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, Steve Sparky, Fiverr, Sam Schmitz, producing other side of the glass. Rami's show comes up three to six, and it will be the franchise. Tim Allen in for Rami, but Rami's going to be on the show, but he's off. Yeah, he is. I don't yeah, understand. Is. What is going on? He's on at 4.30 because I normally uh, – I'm on with him every Monday at 4.30. Even though it's no longer – till 5. Even though it's not the Rami and Tim show anymore, you all still do radio together every day. Yeah, we do. And and so he's going to – see, I'm filling in for him, and then he's filling in for me today on the 4.30 to 5 thing. <laughs> yep, that's the, way, that's the way that works. love it. Did you know – you know, over the weekend, I got to say, we'll get into some Bucks uh, conversation for sure coming up in just a few minutes. Um. And and also touch on the Brewers and yes. whether or not uh, I mean this is g- going to continue all all summer long. But you didn't, did you know that according to a non governmental uh, statistical information inventory Where site that this has been the going? winningest this has what? been the winningest weekend in Milwaukee sports history at five and zero in three days. Did you know that? I did not. No, I just made it up. But I will say this: <laughs> it, it's probably right though. It probably is right. Yeah, five and zero. Oh, think about that. Bucks and Brewers both win on on Friday. Brewers win Saturday. Bucks and Brewers win on on Sunday. That's that's a total of five games in three days. Five and zero. Oh, uh, two of those playoff uh, wins, and and the Brewers maintain first place through all of that. I don't remember another weekend like this. Now, if you look way back in the day, maybe there may have been some. You know, Bucks uh, playoff games back in the '80s, Stevie, where there was one of those you know scheduled double headers for the Brewers on a Saturday or a Sunday. So I guess it's possible. Okay, so that here, there's been a five and zero mark. Here you go, uh, Stephen Watson from Channel Twelve. Yesterday, the Brewers' record is now twelve and two when they play on the same day. The Bucks have a playoff game. 
It, is that history? It must be. Yeah, it could be. Uh, uh, maybe yeah, it's just the, this year. Yeah, I guess it could just be this year. But 12-2 and two, uh, at this point uh, on 26 that 26-9 in, in day games. 26-9 mm-hmm. during the day. Best in baseball. That's, I mean, that is crazy. Now, I'm not a huge fan of day games. <laughs> Selfishly, I like a little more consistent schedule. I know what's going on during the day. I can right. get my naps in. That's very important to someone like me. But, hey, I'll take it. If that's going to win, let's go all day games if that's the record. Here's another one for you. Adam McKelvey yesterday. The Giants took a loss today, so the Brewers have the best record in baseball since Willie Adamas joined them on May 22nd. Milwaukee is now 24-10 and 10 beginning with that date. 24-10, and 10, uh, that scares me a little bit. Why? Well, you recall this, 2007. Oh, Lord. The Brewers started the season <laughs> 24 on, and 10. Stop. They did. They started the season 24 and, and 10. Yeah. And then they went on that road trip and uh, they, they got down, swept. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think in Pittsburgh, maybe Pittsburgh. The sweep or New York. suits or whatever. That was that yep. year. Yeah. With Burnett's or whatever. <laughs> God help us. Uh, okay. So they get the Cubs tonight. Now, I, I'm not going to say the division race is over if they sweep the Cubs, but you're six up in July to start July. With a sweep of the Cubs here, you have your three best pitchers pitching in this series, Peralta, Woodruff, and Burns. You're on a five-game winning streak, hottest team in all of baseball. You've won seven of your last eight on top of that. The the only loss, that stupid Arizona loss that snapped their losing streak, but they were going to win eventually sometime anyhow. Uh, I, I am just blown away by where this Brewers team is and even more blown away by the fact that maybe Keston Hira is fixed. Maybe. Two home runs, huge double yesterday uh, over the weekend. If he is right and hitting the ball again correctly, that really puts them in a good position going into the trade deadline. Really in only need of one bat then if they're able to get this done. Yeah, and you talk like that and you're going to hear from uh, you know the Brewers players and, and certainly counsel, no, 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 no. We, we've got a game to play tonight and that's that. I We look at it a little different. We, we're afforded the luxury to kind of – Play the what if and hypotheticals moving forward. I wanted first place on July 1st. That that was sort of my internal goal here is just get the first three months of the season uh, in the well and, and then just re-rack it and start over because that you can't say now, you can't say that uh, Brewer's off to a good start or JBJ is off to a, a rough start. The start is over officially, I think, Everybody can agree on July 1st. Well, you're halfway to me, through it, the it, season. You're three months it, in. Correct. Right. To me, it's been over for a while, the, right. the quote, start of the season. Yep. So it's been over. But but I, I can just scoop everybody into the same sort of category, and we can all agree that the season is at the midpoint, and that will be 81 games after this series on Wednesday, 81 to the button. So we can then re-rack it July 1st. You're right. In that this is sort of a series, you've got Freddie Peralta, Woody, and Burns. You've got the momentum here. You, you're, you're at home here. Uh, the Cubs' flight landed early this morning. When you think about that, they probably landed at 5 or 6, yep. maybe later this morning. And then um, you know, you're already three games over them. One could say, little eye of the tiger action here, put, put your foot. Yes. On the accelerator. Yes, totally. 100% agree with you. And you look at the rest of this first half schedule. So home against the Cubs for three, 
Then Thursday, you're in Pittsburgh for four. They're horrible. Then in New York for three. We'll see what happens. Challenge. And then home against the Reds for four, and it's the all-star break. Yep. I mean, you are in a position to continue building on what your winning winning record is right now to further extend uh, over the Chicago Cubs. I mean, are they they better than uh, we think even? I, they're going to be as good as uh, as well as they get. I, I just think that's what it comes down to because I was talking about this earlier on the big show. Look, man, you got Ashby and Ethan Small both are, are going to probably be in the bullpen for this Brewers team come August and September. You're not going to need another bullpen arm. You're not. And if here is hitting at first, you're seriously looking for one bat, whether that be another outfielder because Jackie Bradley Jr. has been not good. Uh, or uh, whether that's a third baseman, that that's kind of how this whole thing is going to shape up. You had one more bat. If here is right and Yelich can figure out how to play decent uh, and hit around 300, you're in a pretty good situation. Yeah, yeah. The offense looks like they have the potential of a far higher ceiling than what we're seeing now. And I know that sounds a little crazy because they've been bouncing between 209 and 215 as a team collective batting average this season. But let's say, and we can play, again, we're playing the what-if game. And I think all of this is possible. Keston Hira gets going. Keston Hira is going to hit the baseball in the big leagues, guys. You know, I get a couple of calls in the post-game show. I'm sure you guys had a lot of questions about Keston Hira as well. You don't give up on him. You not only don't give up on him, you you push him into what he's going to be. He's going to be a good hitter. He's... He will be a okay. So let's say that happens the final ninety days of the calendar season. You know what you get out of Colton Wong. You know what you get out of Willie Adamas because that's who I want in the two hole. You know what you're going to get out of Christian Yelich, right? Yeah, I hope. Well, we all. Um, yeah, I mean, he can't I, hit two sixty, two sixty five all year. He's got to be closer to you know two eighty five, two ninety with some power. With power, and that's the key. So you know what you're getting out of Wong, Adamas, Yelich. Avi Garcia, you know what you're going to get. He's a little streaky, but the numbers bear out that he is an everyday player. He just is, and he's doing well. He's doing he's doing fine. You know what you get with Omar Narvaez. Then it's Keston, and then it's Luis Urias, who is actually on a 10-game hitting streak and, and doing quite, last, quite well for last the Brewers. Last 30 days, he's hitting around 270. That's the thing, though. This offense is has a chance. Look out. Look out if this offense does get their stuff together, and it looks like they slowly are, guys. Just uh, just such a big series. If you're six games up on July 1st, folks, it is... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.